Hello there, and welcome back to the Effort is a Choice podcast. My name is Darren Johnson, and uh, I'm going to get deep on this one, and hopefully I share something with you that, uh, that'll make a difference. And, uh, you know, maybe the way you think or look at certain things and uh, might help you better to make decisions that make yourself feel more complete after you make them. So uh, I'm going to title this one The Council. This is a concept that comes from Napoleon Hill. He is a very, I don't know, what do you call him, decorated author on personal development. Um, I believe this comes from Think and Grow Rich. Um, it might, yeah, it has to come from Think and Grow Rich. I think, uh, I don't know, I've read two or three of his books, but some of them are just, uh, piles of complexions of his work that they put into, you know, like one big copy that's just a bunch of different takeaways. But one of Napoleon Hill's suggestions that he uses to make better decisions on his everyday output is to have a council of his influences in his head that he will have literal conversations with, whether they're inside of his head at certain times or out loud. So, you know, I I think I read his book back in 2001 for the first time. Um, That was the first book I think I had read as an adult from start to finish. It was the first book I read on my first phase of 75 hard. Um, yeah, that was a, uh, that was quite a journey. You know, I think it took me 14 days or something to be on like day three. You know, if, uh, if you get that 75 hard math, you get it. And if you don't, then, uh, step your fucking game up, son. So, uh, yeah, I had wrote this little notion here and it, it changes constantly because I even wrote this in August of 22 because I thought it was just something good that when I jotted down some of my thoughts and opinions that I wanted to be reflected or remembered into the world, this is a very useful tool that anyone is capable of applying to their life, you know, as long as you've been inspired or, you know, uh, revealed to some of the people who think differently than anything that you might be used to. And uh, yeah, I'm just going to get into it. So I am the head of my own council, the people and the things that have influenced the decisions that I make every day in my life. Some council members only appear at certain meetings in certain times. There's times when I can hear, you know, a certain grade teacher's voice in my ear about this thing that you should or shouldn't do. Or a friend's dad who might have once told me something outside when I was, you know, helping out with something at their house. You know, every statement that defies every decision I make in that moment could potentially be a word that I had heard from someone else at a different time in my life. Other council members are consistently there every moment of every day. And the more that I use them to try to influence the decisions that I make, the more I can analyze and attempt to make the best possible decision with the knowledge that I am provided in that given moment to be the best person that I can. This is Napoleon Hill's suggestion and it has made a positive effect on the decisions that I make on a daily basis. So just just to paint this picture, in my mind, it's this, it's this like a... Uh, 
it's this convention center room. And in my own personal head, it's a it's a convention center room that I've stepped in foot of. And it's actually at the uh, Contemporary Hotel in uh, Walt Disney World. So they have this one, uh, yeah, meeting room with like marble tables, black walls, a lot of flip things out. It's like a high executive meeting area on uh, one of the upper floors. And uh, I got to see it during doing fire inspections. It's one of the most well-decorated rooms that I'd ever been in. Some of the uh, sculptures in there. Who was it? The uh, Nixon, the I Am Not a Crook president, gave his speech there. And it was one of the rooms that they held their meetings in while he was uh, staying there. So this is big black walled room with a marble table that I sit at the head of this council. I am the ultimate decision maker and I am the wearer and the maker of every, you know, consequence that comes through this room. This room is my mind. This room is my life. This room has a long, wide rectangle table, rectangle table that I sit at the head of. Immediately to my left is George Washington. And his opinion and his facial expression is generally the one that I first consider. I believe in his ability to do the right thing while understanding that hardship is part of the decision. He always has the good of everyone in mind, but a firmness on punishment for those who are not willing to sacrifice for the better good around him. Washington is also very open to not giving an answer and proceeding to ask the rest of the council before he gives an answer. So more of a, a collective opinion, you know, head nodder than a decision maker. Immediately next to Washington sits Napoleon Bonifet. Bonifete. You know, he is generally the more aggressive, you know, forefront, in your face, take complete control of the situation, you know, although extremely irrational at times and almost o- overwillingly willing to face any negative effect of danger just to have the upper hand in any conflict, his opinion is usually considered when I think of how bad another person might be or, you know, how violent a, a, a situation might could possibly go. You know, it's his answer that I'm usually looking for, but it's generally the least likely one that I'm ever going to actually consider to take. But the opinion that might make the difference between life and death is the reason that he sits on this council. Him and Washington discuss things back and forth, sometimes privately, but they do not look each other in the eye. They are not friends, but they sit next to each other because I asked them to. John DeLorean sits in about the middle of the table right next to Walt Disney. Them two are generally someone that I would consult for, you know, business advice. And, uh, you know, their business advice at times, though it's inconceivably imaginary, every single bit of what they imagined came true. So it's hard not to weigh in on their opinions and learn from the good and bad things that they have to say to me. You know, Nick Tesla sits on the other side of the table from Napoleon. He feels his opinions should be considered different than the other two businessmen because they do not do the same type of business. You know, um, like Nick's there and 
he sometimes just says, do what no one else will do, but I'm not really educated on him enough of a person to give him a personality in my head. Andrew Carnegie also sits on that business side of the table, very firm, very old man-like, you know, again, you know, his answers are generally given in facial expressions and less words because as if, you know, I should know better than to even be asking him by the time it comes that far down the the line. So uh, in the back of the room on the opposite end of the table is me. Right in the middle sits Marcus Aurelius. He stands in the, or yeah, I guess Marcus Aurelius stands in the back of the room against the wall while Abraham Lincoln sits at the opposite side of the table as me. Jesus and Napoleon Hill sit next to him. While the back of the room does not speak very often, their facial expressions say everything that their minds do not speak. And it's very loud and it's very clear and it's very firm anytime that I look up at them exactly what needs to be done. Uh, Epictetus sits at the back of the room also. If there is ever needed a voice to express the feelings that any of them are feeling, he is the one to speak it. And he speaks it loud, firm, and in your face. And, you know, if you can tell, there, there's, there's aspects to this council, right? Like there's courage, action, members of what you need to do. There is uh, business, people in my mind that I would consult. There's the spiritual, do the right thing, people that I consult. You know, and, and then the left side of the room is generally everyone who falls into all of the odd decisions that I would want to say, you know, do I want to be, do I want to have a 25-year 401k retirement plan at this company? Or do I want you know, $10 million in my bank account and to own my own company. You know, these are, are, are things that, that you dream, you know, do I want my kids to be in daycare and school full time? Or do I want to try to put them in a private school or homeschool them so that I can not outsource education and be the best parent I can be? The very tough, hardest decisions that I make that rely on just life in general is where the rest of the, the left side of the table you know, it alternates. There's only so many chairs there. There's a lot of people who come and go. They might sit there for a while for conversations. They might get up and leave. You know, it might be a phone call or something else I have to do that day to where when I do take the time and I pause and I use this method and put it into action, I, I get a better outcome than when I act on impulse, or at least I get multiple choices before I take that action. Um, you know, Cameron Haynes sits on that side of the room. He's a, uh, He's just a blue collar bow hunter guy. And uh, he sits in a chair along the wall, kind of catty cornered behind Washington and Napoleon. When he talks, it's in a low tone of voice, usually with a shrug of the shoulders, as if it was common sense not to work as hard as you possibly can physically or mentally until you literally like break bones and skin to achieve the goal at hand. If for whatever reason, I can't understand his logic at times or what he's thinking or if I think what he has to offer is not the right thing or it's too hard. That's when Goggins will literally kick in the fucking door, slam his hands on the table in front of my chair, call me a little bitch to my face and then 
look and say, why do you have all the people in this room here to ask for their help if you're not going to help your damn self? And then he will look at Cameron, they fist bump, and he walks out of the room. You know, that, that, that the same thing happens anytime I look at Cameron and he gives me a head nod if I can't agree. Because his, his opinion is always the simplest. Like, you know, whatever, I can think of a million things in my head and the answer is nobody cares. Work harder. Do it. Do it. Oh, you thought about it? That means you need to fucking do it. If your brain wrapped you around the idea that you know you need to, you're all fucking ready behind if you're not moving. If if I can't step up to that, the second opinion is always someone who's going to push that home. You know, Jocko comes in, Blair and fucking Slipknot at like two in the morning and everyone else is staring at him and he just looks me in the fucking eye. You know, I, I don't know, pulls a shovel out tries to hand it to me. Do you want to die now? You want to dig your grave? You want to, you want to be dead? No. Well, then why the fuck are you asking what you need to do? And, uh, you know, I weigh in on those things. You know, I got, uh, Mr. Andy Fasella lives in, in a certain part of my council, you know, almost, he doesn't come in the room very often, you know, Sal will be in the room. He'll have conversations about, yeah, what, in a lot lower tone of voice about, Winning, executing, right from wrong. Him and Grover generally come in together, Mr. Tim, to talk about, you know, are you doing what it takes to be a winner? Andy's, Andy's more like a backroom counselor. He's the guy that when all the meetings are closed and everyone else goes home, I consult to him about what I need to bring to the attention of the council. And it kind of funnels through that. And that's just because, yeah, the amount of, you know, podcasts I guess I've listened to, you know, the amount of content that I've consumed that allows me to take that person's judgment on what I pretend it is in my mind. And then I, I put that into action. And then there's people like Mr. Chad Wright, you know, Navy SEAL, a lot of the same answers. But I've met Chad, you know, I've spoke with him, you know, now that I know that, you know, he's not... You might see a couple reels of this guy going off on some podcasts, giving his opinions about stuff, but he doesn't walk around like that. You know, no human being actually, you know, you know, that's, that's not 24 seven. That's when the time calls for you execute, you know, what it needs to be and how you need to, to say and get things across. So then I can, he can sometimes tell me, you know, you know, well, you know what you need to do. Chad will do that too. He'll, he'll repeat what I said as if I didn't know it was the right thing. And he'll look back at the room where Jesus sits and then he'll look back at me and then he'll, he'll just stare. And then that, you know, there's no, no head nod, no word. He just stares like I am so foolishly stupid for not knowing already that I had to bring that question there to ask means that you already know what needs to be accomplished. Right. And, uh, you know, those are just some of the immediate members that come to my mind. You know, uh, I watch, you know, some of the, the Sean Ryan interviews or some of the interviews that Mike Glover does, you know, and, and sometimes it'll, it'll be that old man's voice who talks about, you know, coming around the trench and making that first contact with the three guys and, you know, the, the time they spent in the whole and, and just some of these other experiences that you take in from wherever that content comes from and being able to apply that to any situation in your life. I'm like, man, you know, if that person can do this, this and that, like, 
what's stopping me in my current situation? You know, what's my excuse? Because I've never had that bad of a day. <laughs> you know, I might have had some some tough times. I might have been through some what I thought was shit, but nah, that's real shit because I can only imagine it. And even trying to imagine some of the things that, you know, those people go through, it, uh, I can't. I get overwhelmed pretending. Are you kidding? <laughs> you know, and these people live, live those lives of extraordinary feats and things that they've accomplished. And, uh, and then all the way into, you know, maybe, you know, some, some people that you meet, you know, some of the, the other podcasts I listen to, some of the, 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 way that people have opinions of things that I think are positive. People who are going out to make a difference and trying to win. You can put those people in a place in your head so that you can consult them on what you think the right thing to do is. And, uh, you know, I think everyone does this whether you like it or not, you know, and if you're a, if you're a young kid listening to some trash music and they're talking about doing dumb shit and you're watching movies and TV shows about doing dumb bad shit and it's drugs and, and, and drugs and guns and hookers and laying on the beach and drinking and that's all you consume 24-7, guess what you're thinking about when you make your decisions? Guess what's influencing whether you want to do things hard and uncomfortable to be better or do you want to be easy and comfortable and normal because it's been shoved down your fucking throat to make you weak and you can't even adapt any other thought in your mind other than what has been conditioned for you to think, right? That has happened, whether you want to admit it or not, happens to me. And I'm aware of it. And I'm physic, you know, actively fighting against it. When they say, what is relaxation? And you picture that beach and you picture laying around doing nothing and you think that that's what you know, I don't know. I'm not going to say success, but you think that's what feeling good is. You think that drinking and doing nothing is feeling good. You are so far misled. That's actually depression. That's actually feeling like shit. That's what that literally is. That's why the people who chase that actually live lives feeling like shit. And then people who live lives chasing, doing hard things, are constantly proud of themselves feeling fulfillment from the effort that they put into things that they feel good about themselves. That's called happiness, right? I'll never forget in the middle of my, my 75 hard, one time I had a, a phone call with a family member. I'm, I'm fucking really herding cats on this one, right? Getting a little off subject, but whatever. My show, you decide to listen to it, suck it the fuck up. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they said, uh, you know, I think you would you would burn a little more, you know, I don't know, I was talking to something, it's Thanksgiving, I think, and I was, you know, tracking my food, and like, I'm doing 75 hard, and I'm doing it for me, not for anyone else, right, I don't do anything to have, because I give a fuck about what anyone else thinks about my life, I do things because I want a better life for me and those around me, and uh, the family member said to me, I think that you would burn a lot more calories if you would focus on smiling and enjoying your life a lot more than, you know, tracking all that food and trying to get all that walking in. And uh, I don't even, I just kind of laughed and I was like, well, you know, I am enjoying, you know, life. What do you mean? You know, I, I, it might look miserable on the outside to people who don't understand because I'm putting myself in places of uncomfortableness, but that is where you grow, right? How do you get better 
if you don't go through the fire, get heated up and get beat the fuck out of with a hammer again and again, and then you get put in water like it's all okay, and then you get put back in the fire, and then you get hit again and again. And if you can do that with a smile on your face and you can look for that and you can put yourself in the fire on purpose, you're going to be harder mentally, physically, and spiritually than all the people around you who don't. And if you can, you know, take the influences of whoever you've been exposed to, who's done that thing that you want to do. And if it's someone you've heard of, if it's a sports figure, if it's, if it's someone, you know, Michael Jordan, Tom, or someone on a first name basis, read their books, look into their mindset, look into what it is that they had to do to get to where they are. And I promise if you can mirror that and whatever it is that you're after, whether you want to be the number one best employee at your company, whether you want to you know, leave that one and get a better job, whether you want to start your own, whether you just want to be a better dad, whether you want to lose some weight, whether you just want to stop feeling like shit and actually feel good about yourself and then along the same time accomplish new levels of things you never thought possible, lean on them influences. Use them to make decisions. When you're driving around on lunch, man, I'm really hungry. Well, is that fast food poison? Is that going to kill you? Is that bad for you? Do you know that? Are you aware? Don't make that choice then because you know it's bad. Oh, what if it's hard? Oh, what? Well, are you getting, you're not getting shot at. You're not on fire. No one's came and kidnapped your family. You know, you know there's always a, a mental way to, to look at the situation and stop fucking pouting about how sad you think you have it because it hasn't gotten bad at all. We haven't even seen the tip of the iceberg, much less how much of that is underwater for the hell that is going to be coming on this earth, you know? And uh, yeah, and when that time comes, I hope that you've exposed yourself to enough of these hard people so that you can, you know, begin to adapt that mindset. If you're brand new to this concept and you don't understand, you know, how someone could physically put themselves in some of the most uncomfortable places to develop some of the most fulfilling and meaningful experiences in your life, you know, look up these people. Look up Napoleon Hill. Read his book. Go find Cameron Haynes, David Goggins, Andy Fasella, Chad Wright, Tim Grover, Alex Hermosi. Uh, Jocko Willink. Are you kidding me? Um, who am I missing here? Andrew Carnegie. Uh, and that's, I'm not even scratching the tip of just some of the books I read. And all of these guys have materials out there that you can willingly get your hands on, man. And, and anywhere that you go, you know, if you, if you try to start 75 hard or, you look into any of these things, there's going to be groups of people out there who will point you in the direction, hey, this book will do that. Hey, this you know, podcast will explain what you're looking for. And uh, put these people in your mind. Pull those cards. You know, Washington's there because I, I've just funneled in his documentaries. You know, I don't believe in, in all the things about him that I think, you know, you can't, you can't control how you're born, where you're born or what you're born into. You know, them things are circumstance. What you do have a choice over is the effort that you put into what you decide to believe in and the effort that you put into the choices you make because that is going to determine what you ultimately end up with physically, spiritually, and mentally. 
financially. It's all about what you think about in your head and how you choose to take those actions, right? You think about shit all the time. You listen to bullshit all the time. You eat bullshit all the time. You talk bullshit with all your bullshit friends all the time. Guess what your life's going to smell like? A big old steaming pile of shit. So avoid that. Go out and put yourself into the fire on purpose and come back way harder than you were before because that ability is out there. And then, uh, yeah, learn some lessons, man. And uh, hopefully you take, take something home from this. Hopefully you check out some of those you know people I've mentioned. They're all going to help you way more than this particular podcast will. But maybe not, because you all got to start somewhere. Maybe I'll light that fire, and uh, you can finish that burn off yourself. So yeah, go out there. Keep your moral compass pointed in the right direction. Remember, everybody wants to do the right thing, right? The worst thing you can do is nothing. The wrong thing is expected. You have to fuck up a few times before you get it right. But if you do nothing, you will get nothing, and you will be nothing. So go out there, get the fuck after it, guys. Keep your moral compass pointed in the do the hard shit direction. See you next time. Peace.